Well, Forbes is reporting today that Jay-Z has become the first ever billionaire rapper. And here to talk more about that and some other music matters is music expert Eric Alper. He's on the line and joins us here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Eric, good afternoon. I knew I should have asked 200 million people for five bucks each like he did. <laughs> well, you know, Jay-Z once famously rapped, I'm not a businessman, I'm a businessman. Oh, and he certainly is, isn't he? Oh, is he ever. You know, the one thing that he did that not a lot of people realize in business or that are just starting off is he sat down with none other than uh, Wilt than uh, uh, William Buffett a number of years ago. And um, this is when, you know, he was first kind of breaking and getting success. And, and Warren Buffett basically gave him the advice of always work for yourself. And that's exactly what Jay-Z has done, especially in the rap game where he has the outlets. He's got the social media following. He's got the record label. He's got Tidal, which is a music streaming service that he owns. He owns all methods of distribution in his life as much as possible possible so why help somebody else make money when he's promoting products he just might as well make the product or invent the product or license the product and put it through his own farm of distribution yeah well i'm just looking at his financial breakdown here and i say only with air quotes only 50 million of it is uh, his music catalog and some assorted real estate uh, holdings but uh, i didn't realize that uh, jay-z eric has uh, got a major stake in uh, uber yeah, you know, uh, what what's interesting about it is that people like Jay-Z and I'm going to I'm going to put like I'm going to put Puff Daddy in there as well. It's like you really only hear about the really great things that they have a success in. Um you don't hear about the 50 things that they probably put their money through a venture capitalist and lose money on it. Right. Yeah, you know, uh, a lot of these um celebrities, some that we know, some that we don't, actually made hundreds of millions of dollars based on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram when they were first launched with an IPO that you and I wouldn't have access to the stock. But Jay-Z, yeah, absolutely. But it wouldn't surprise me if he put it in both Uber and in Lyft. Yeah, he's got a $70 million stake in Uber. And uh, you mentioned uh, Tidal as well. He's got an ownership in that streaming service. Uh, has that really taken off like they thought it would, Eric? No, because it's really, really difficult to make money in this in, in in the music streaming world because so much of it has to go to pay the licenses and in this case the record labels or the publishers that own the music because they just believe and rightfully so that without that without music you really don't have anything to offer anybody and that's where we're starting to see Spotify for instance go more into the podcasting world just to diverse just in case of somewhere along the line the music stuff doesn't work out I have no doubt that it that it'll be happy and work out great for everybody but they just kind of want to move into maybe where Google and Apple is going into with film and TV somewhere down the line yeah, and just finally, before we leave uh, Jay-Z here, I mean, uh, we should underscore the fact that, uh, I mean, talk about starting at the bottom. This is a guy who grew up in a housing project in Brooklyn. He has no qualms about it. This was a guy that should have been killed on the streets selling crack by the time he was 17 years old. There was absolutely no reason, if you take a look at his life, and he said many times that there's no reason except for sheer dumb luck that he survived living on the streets and only for, you know, with a handful of people that had a positive attitude in his life. And he realized that he's got a special talent. So he's leaving the world of drugs and alcohol behind. 
All right, let's move from a Jay-Z to uh, Madonna, who has got a, a brand new album forthcoming entitled uh, Madam X. And, and usually when, you know, a heritage artist releases new music, uh, not a lot of people pay attention or it doesn't really catch on. But uh, this album, you know, it's got reviews from her most bizarre album ever, which is saying something, to her, mo- her boldest album yet, to uh, her strangest album to date. What do you know about Madam X from Madonna? Yeah, you know, it definitely more Latin music kings, which is great because that's exactly where the pop world is heading. And this may be one of the first albums where Madonna is actually following a trend rather than leading it. But that's okay. She's like well past her prime that she should be actually being a leader in pop music. Um, But the rules have to be rewritten whenever Madonna releases music. Whether you people like her or they don't, they have to respect the fact that for decades she has not only led the trends but is one of those giant box office successes when it comes to touring so no matter what she does and especially with this new album with madame x where not only is she going to a little bit of the world music and a little bit of the stadium edm music that she's so known for uh there's still a lot of pop stuff for people that just groove and sing along to yeah, and as I mentioned, it's really getting some positive buzz. Uh, the Guardian has given it uh, four stars. Uh, a lot of people are pretty excited about this album. Yeah, I, I, th- I think, when rightfully so, because I think, you know, when, when, you, when you end up with a career like Madonna is or that, that she's continuing to have, I, I think somewhat you're always going to have these music critics who play a little bit of favorites. And they certainly don't want to knock Madonna and give her one out of ten stars, although somebody will just in order to get the hits to that website and be right. a little bit of clickbaity. But Madonna's not dumb. She knows that the world is watching her every single time that she makes a move, and she's got a little bit of pride left in her as well, like most people, just to be able to put out the best work. If not, there's nobody waiting for a new Madonna album. She could tour and announce her world tour without a record. So, you know, she's on her own time right now, and I think as long as she puts out something that she's proud of, then, you know, she's almost 80% of the mark right there. All right, and speaking of uh, positive buzz and reviews, uh, Rocket Man, the Elton John biopic, uh, debuted this past uh, weekend at the uh, box office, really has uh, reignited some interest in uh, Elton John in his career. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the the comparisons between this and the Queen biopic of Bohemian Rhapsody, they're a little bit wonky as well. You know, this is a a restricted movie that doesn't shy away from Elton's abuse with drug and alcohol and also um, showing in great detail about his past loves in the homosexuality world. So this isn't just like a, and then this is how I wrote this song, PG, kind of a movie that Bohemian Rhapsody was. This is a little bit of of a different flair and not just that they've taken a lot of liberties with the facts on purpose because Elton John wanted to have his own movie, a little bit fact, a little bit fiction, a little bit freak out. So he got all three of them. Yeah, I saw it last uh, week, and uh, you know, the songs are kind of out of order, which I know some fans are grousing about. But Elton's music, uh, Eric, was so autobiographical. Uh, I do like the way that uh, you know they took some songs and moved them to earlier in his uh, life because they spoke to that period, that timepiece, and it's uh, uh, almost like a Broadway show because the characters of the movie break out in song. Yeah, you know, I think if you're a real hardcore Elton John fan, I think it's going to be a little bit unnerving hearing not only, um, you know, not Elton John's voice singing the song, but the fact that Giles Martin, who's the son of George Martin, who he 
did the uh, remixes and the revamping of the, the last number of Beatles albums uh, and also the Love Project that you can see in Vegas. He, he basically just tore up the script when it came out to his songs with new music, new orchestra. It doesn't stray that much from the originals, but it's a little bit kind of like, I'll, I'm not used to hearing this version that way. So I think that that may be why it's not going to make maybe $750 million like Bohemian Rhapsody did. Anytime somebody releases a biopic like this, it's a time to take stock of their life and their career. Uh, How would you, I mean, it's almost impossible to try to encapsulate the great career of uh, Elton John, but uh, where does he stand uh, for you, I guess, in the pantheon of uh, pop singers or music? Uh, probably just right up there with, with the greats. And, and just because he survived this long, you know, that song with I'm Still Standing back in the in the early 80s, which is so perfect for him, because unlike, you know, going back to the Freddie Mercury and the biopic, Freddie never really, he didn't get to see a lot of his work that he did kind of last longer than a decade, you know, if if a, if he would have stuck around for another, like, four or five years, he would have seen people, perhaps, like Elton John and and Elizabeth Taylor create AIDS awareness research parties and and um, and raise hundreds of millions of dollars for for AIDS research. So I think because Elton John got to survive all the drugs and all the sex and all the booze and all the cocaine and all the flights, uh, it's kind of put him up on a pedestal that not a lot of people are on. And I would probably put Mick Jagger and Keith Richards there. Other than that, I think it's a far way to go until you get to even the remote possibility that somebody would be interested in uh, Eric Clapton biopic. As genius as he is, nobody's got the amount of story that Elton John has. Yeah, not only is he a survivor, but uh, I mean, can you point to another artist or think of somebody that had the run he had particularly right out of the gate from like the the 70s right from 70 through to kind of the early 80s it's just an amazing uh, feat the the only person that even comes a smidgen of close to that would probably be i'm gonna guess maybe stevie wonder with his four album run in the 70s but the big difference is that stevie wonder after he started having a couple of hits in the 80s with i just called to say i love you he kind of tapered off from there but every time that elton john puts out an album whether it sells a million copies or three million copies it's always been critically acclaimed and i think that that's the special relationship that he's had with bernie Taupin that say a Stevie Wonder never really had. Um, so you kind of lean on somebody else as your as your kind of quality control that a lot of solo artists just simply don't have. But wow, I mean, he's still putting out amazing albums. He still puts on an amazing live show. So yeah, he's got to be up at the top there. Yeah, amazing catalog, an amazing life, Elton John. Uh, Eric Alpert, thanks as always, my friend. Good to talk with you. Good to talk to you too, man. We'll talk soon. You got it. Music expert Eric Elper with us this afternoon.